stand with me. And the Harston household knows how to do this, and I believe that Sophia and Paxton and Alyssa will remember. But what we're going to do um, is we're going to shout our praises of joy and of thanks uh, for this community and for all in our lives for which we are grateful. And what that will look like is I'm going to say one, two, and then all of you are going to yell out loud for two seconds. And you will watch Kathy, and Kathy will give you the signal when we're done, and then I will say amen. So, raise your hand if you're in elementary school. If you're in elementary school, okay, I need you to be especially loud. Are we ready? Let's pray. One, two, amen. The night was dark. And the disciples were out on the water once more, having returned to the only thing that felt familiar to them, fishing together. As their well-worn hands and callous fingers brought in another empty net, who can imagine what thoughts Nathaniel and Thomas held between them? Looking out into the vast expanse where water and stars and wind were woven together, they must have wondered, how had it all come to this? And then as gold and red and orange first appeared over the horizon on the water, the disciples turned their boat towards the sand, for they had caught nothing. Just as they hit shallow water, the disciples saw a person they did not know standing in the morning light. Calling out to them, this stranger told them to cast their nets on the right side of the boat if they wanted fish. And they did. And finding their nets more full than they could carry, the disciple whom Jesus loved cried out, for he recognized the one calling out to them as they stood with the wind and the sea at their backs. Now, my favorite detail in this story, and much to the surprise of the disciples, is that Simon Peter put on clothes because he had been fishing naked in the dark. His joy carried him over the edge of the boat, and splashing into the water, he rushed ahead of the others who were still dragging the fish on board. But as they gathered, the disciples found Jesus sitting next to the glow of a charcoal fire that was still burning with the warm colors of the sunrise, and they heard his voice, "'Come, gather round, and have breakfast with me,' Jesus said to them." And so the disciples found themselves seated together again with the one they knew and who knew them, and they shared a breakfast of comfort food on the beach with their Lord. They smiled and their tears of joy left them as they laughed together and they ate. And in that meal together there on the beach, they found freedom and belonging once again. Now, I think we all know how the disciples felt just before they recognized Jesus on the beach that morning. Like the night without fish, the past weeks had left them afraid and overwhelmed and unsure about what would happen next. And of course, each of us knows what it's like to feel overwhelmed and unsure and afraid. When I was in third grade, I was new at the Brown School and I didn't know anyone. And much like James and Collier like sharks... And Jude likes polar bears, and Taft likes hamsters and toads. I was obsessed with falcons, really obsessed. 
I drew falcons, I colored falcons, I read about falcons, and I wrote about them. I loved falcons, and so I imagined that I was a falcon, watching the crowded room and not speaking on that first day at a new school. I was overwhelmed, and I was unsure, and I was afraid. And I should have been, because I was new. And in an attempt to be funny, I was actually punched in the mouth that first week. Now, this was not the first time, well, this was the first time, but not the last time that this happened. But I'll save the rest of those stories for another sermon. Punched in the mouth, new, unsure, and afraid, I was worried that no one would be my friend. But through my fear, I heard an invitation to what became known as the middle table in the lunchroom, where a group of boys from every zip code in the city said to one another, come, gather round and eat with us. I found my home with them all the way through high school until I graduated, and 20 years later, Keith and Andrew and I are still gathering together. We all know what it is like to feel overwhelmed and unsure and afraid, and in our scripture we find that it is precisely at a time such as this that Jesus appears on the beach with a charcoal fire and comfort food. I don't think this means we're due for the exact same experience of the disciples, but I do think in this story we find a design for living together in Christian fellowship with one another. In preparation for today, I asked the youth what comfort food might be for them. Mac and cheese and fried chicken were highly recommended. I'm sure you'll agree. And we talked about how Jesus may not literally show up in our midst with some mac and cheese or with fish and freedom for breakfast, but when we gather around and we make mac and cheese or we make breakfast together, Jesus is with us. Christ is in our midst. Here at Highland, we believe that on the other side of the long night, on the other side of fear and uncertainty, no matter how brief or enduring, we believe the promise of Jesus is love and welcome without exception for us all. As we gather round the table together and as we know and are known by those around us, we encounter God again and again in ordinary time and we find extraordinary freedom. Freedom from fear, freedom to be as we are with all our flaws and failures, with all our gifts and beauty, Freedom to be who God made us to be. Freedom to eat at the table. Here at Highland, we believe that on the other side of the long night, on the other side of fear and uncertainty, no matter how brief or enduring, there is more. As Jim has reminded us from this pulpit, there is one who is coming for us. And he is already here if we only have the courage to choose faith and find Jesus in one another. I don't have to tell you that starting a new year in school, whether you are in kindergarten or third grade or sixth or seventh or ninth or tenth or a senior or leaving for college, it's scary and wonderful and hard and beautiful, and you will be overwhelmed and unsure and afraid. But there is more. And if you have forgotten what it is like to be a young human person and your academic years are long behind you, I don't have to tell you that an interim time for a congregation just like our own will be scary and wonderful and hard and beautiful and that we will all be overwhelmed and unsure and afraid. But there is more. Classes and programs 
are important here at Highland, and I love them. One of the things I love the most is writing curriculum, teaching with our youth, spending time with them, programs all the time. But programs won't save you. And if you are here at this point, you likely already know the truth, which is this. What conquers our feelings of being overwhelmed and unsure and afraid is never a program or a class, as nice as they are. It's relationships. In belonging to one another here at Highland, we find God, and we are being saved day by day. I know some of you will agree with me that there are days that are overwhelming all on their own. Some weeks and months are, and some years are too. Some seasons can be, or even minutes in the day. But on the other side of chaos is our belonging and our welcome and our freedom in God. Paul and my mentor, Dr. James Dunn, used to say, both of them, it is precisely for freedom that we have been set free. All possibility is in front of us, which is sometimes scary and can cause a restless anxiety to have so much freedom. But we do not face it alone. Jesus is here calling us to warmth and belonging each and every time we gather. So gather round. Eat with us today. You belong here with us this day and each day for the journey ahead. Amen.